welcome back friends we are going to be talking about holy tuesday well let's just get right into it because we have a lot to talk about uh, we're going to start with matthew chapter 21 verses 18 through 22 and it says in the morning as jesus was returning to jerusalem he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road he went over to see if there were any figs but there were only leaves then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, You may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Now, the note for Matthew 21, verse 21, says many have wondered about Jesus's statement that if we have faith and don't doubt, we can move mountains. Jesus, of course, was not suggesting that his followers use prayer as magic and perform capricious mountain-moving acts. Instead, he was making a strong point about the disciples and our lack of faith. And then the note for verse 22 says this verse is not a guarantee that we can get anything we want simply by asking Jesus and believing. God does not grant requests that would hurt us or others or that would violate his own nature or will. Jesus's statement is not a blank check. To be fulfilled, our requests must be in harmony with the principles of God's kingdom. The stronger our belief, the more likely our prayers will be in line with God's will and then God will be happy to grant them. And then moving on, uh, the note, because as we talked about yesterday, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John kind of parallel, mostly parallel each other. So here we have a note for Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14 and 20 through 25. In the Gospel of Mark, two independent incidents are related, the cursing of the fig tree and the clearing of the temple. The cursing of the fig tree was an acted-out parable tied to the clearing of the temple. Just as the fig tree looked good from a distance but was fruitless on close examination, so the temple looked impressive at first glance, but its sacrifices and other activities were hollow because they were not done to worship God sincerely. The fig tree showed promise of fruit, but it produced none. Jesus was showing his anger at religious life without substance. If you claim to have faith without putting it to work in your life, you are like the barren fig tree. Genuine faith has great potential. Ask God to help you bear fruit for his kingdom. And that's what Amy and I have talked about this many times, but that's what's so great about the Bibles that have notes. It really kind of gives you a, a deeper understanding and a better understanding of what's going on. So we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to... Oh, the section titled in our Bible is Religious Leaders Challenge Jesus' Authority. In, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 27, it says, When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. 
So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. And then the note for Luke chapter 20 verses 1 through 8 says, this group of leaders wanted to get rid of Jesus, so they tried to trap him with their question. If Jesus would answer that his authority came from God, if he stated openly that he was the Messiah and the Son of God, they would accuse him of blasphemy and bring him to trial. Jesus did not let himself be caught. Instead, he turned the question on them. Thus, he exposed their motives and avoided their trap. And then we move on to Jesus. Uh, he taught three parables, the first being the parable of the two sons. In Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32, it says, But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, The first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. The note for Matthew chapter 21 verse 30 says, The son who said he would obey and then didn't represented many of the people of Israel in Jesus' day particularly the religious leaders. They said they wanted to do God's will, but they constantly disobeyed. They were phony, just going through the motions. It is dangerous to pretend to obey God when our heart is far from him because God knows our true intentions. Our actions must match our words. The second parable is the parable of the evil farmers. I'm not going to read that one, but you can find it in Matthew 21, 33 through 46, Mark 12, 1 through 12, and Luke 20, 9 through 19. We are going to go over one verse, and that is Matthew 21, 37. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. And the note for Matthew 21, 37 says, in trying to reach us with his love, God finally sent his own son, Jesus's perfect life, his words of truth and his sacrifice of love are meant to cause us to listen to him and to follow him as Lord. If we ignore God's gracious gift of his son, we reject God himself. And then we have a note for Mark chapter 12, verse 1. In this parable, the man who planted the vineyard is God. The vineyard is the nation Israel. The tenant farmers are Israel's religious leaders. The servants are the prophets and priests who remain faithful to God. The son is Jesus and the others are the Gentiles. The religious leaders not only frustrated their nation's purpose, but also killed those who were trying to fulfill it. They were so jealous and possessive that they ignored the welfare of the very people they were supposed to be bringing to God. By telling this story, Jesus exposed the religious leaders, their plot to kill him, and warned that their sins would be punished. Finally, we have the parable of the wedding dinner, and that is found in Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. In the note, it says, in that culture, two invitations were expected when banquets were given. The first asked the guests to attend, the second announced that all was ready. In this story, the king invited his guests three times, and each time they rejected his invitation. 
God wants us to join him at his banquet, which will last for eternity. That's why he sends us invitations again and again. Now, moving on, the religious leaders continue to try and trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. He was questioned about paying taxes, the resurrection, and the greatest commandment. And in Mark 12, verses 28 through 34, it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbors myself. This is much more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And the note from Mark 12, 29 through 31 says, God's laws are not burdensome. They can be reduced to two simple principles, love God and love others. According to Jesus, these two commandments summarize all God's laws. Let them rule your thoughts, decisions, and actions. When you are uncertain about what to do, ask yourself which course of action best demonstrates love for God and love for others. So then we move on. This is all in the same day. Uh, we move on to the religious leaders. They cannot answer Jesus's question. And in Matthew twenty-two forty-one through 46, it says, Then surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, He is the son of David. Jesus responded, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit, call the Messiah my Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? No one could answer him. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Now in Matthew 23, 1 through 12, Mark 12, 38 through 40, and Luke 20, 45 through 47, Jesus warned the crowds against religious leaders, exposing them for their impure motives. The note for Luke twenty forty seven says, How strange to think that the teachers of religious law would receive the worst punishment. But behind their appearance of holiness and respectability, they were arrogant, crafty, selfish, and uncaring. Jesus exposed their evil hearts. He showed that despite their pious words, they were neglecting God's laws and doing as they pleased. Religious deeds do not cancel sin. Jesus said that God's most severe judgment awaited these teachers because they should have been living examples of mercy and justice. Now we move to Jesus teaches about being watchful for his return. And I ha I'm not going to read them the three, the three sections because they're rather long. But I highly, highly recommend you sit down and read them because they're so good. It's Matthew 24, 1 through 51, Mark 12, 1 through 37, and Luke 21, 5 through 38. All three are wonderful. 
Now, we will talk about a note from Matthew 24, verse 4. And it says, The disciples asked Jesus for the sign of his coming and of the end of the age. Jesus' first response was, Don't let anyone mislead you. The fact is that whenever we look for signs, we become very susceptible to being deceived. There are many false prophets around with counterfeit signs of spiritual power and authority. The only sure way to keep from being deceived is to focus on Christ in his words. Don't look for special signs and don't look at other people. Look at Christ. Uh, then we move on. Jesus tells two more parables regarding the ten bridesmaids and loan money. Jesus uh, talks about the final judgment in Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46. And I do absolutely read all of these verses. They're very, very good. I'm just not going to go over them here. The note for 25, 31 through 46 of Matthew says, God will separate his obedient followers from pretenders and unbelievers. The real evidence of our belief is the way we act. To treat all people we encounter as if they were Jesus is no easy task. What we do for others demonstrates what we really think about Jesus's words to us. Feed the hungry, give the homeless a place to stay, look after the sick. And that wraps up Holy Tuesday. Please come back tomorrow for Holy Wednesday and then continue on through the week. I'll catch you tomorrow. Have a blessed day.